You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 29 West Tolpahawken Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. So this whole Advent season has been about waiting. We're practicing. We're living God's story of deliverance that culminates in Jesus. But it's hard to live um, into that if we never wait on the Lord for anything. We want everything, maybe even holy things, to happen right now, not later. We might have a vague sense of longing of our need to be delivered, but it's hard to tolerate. It's hard to wait in that. When we can so easily rush to fill it up and to move on. All week long, I was hearing about hard things that are happening in people's lives, like our lives, not just around the world, although that too. Um, things that are inconvenient at best and, and devastating at worst. And I just kept praying, Lord, help us to wait. It's hard that this time of year, uh, it's, it's hard this time of year for it to be marked with illness and surgery and broken bones and losing loved ones. Cars breaking, pipes breaking, heaters breaking, gas leaks, car leaks, roof leaks, tension, anger, fear. Like who wants to wait in the discomfort of all of that struggle? We usually want to escape it, right? Let's just get through Advent to Christmas. Let's get through Christmas to New Year's. Let's fill up and celebrate so we can feel better. We become harried and hurried and impatient people. But Advent teaches us to wait, to wait on the Lord, to stay in the place where we are and connect with our longing. It helps us to mark this clear line so that the coming of Christmas Day, we can celebrate something. The English writer and philosopher G.K. Chesterton writes, it is the very essence of a festival that it breaks upon one brilliantly and abruptly. It is essential that there should be a clear black line between it and the time going before it. Sharply drawing the seasons helps us to, to re-narrate the entire Christian story of deliverance in this era, like in our life circumstances and in our hearts. I realized this week that celebrating, as I was celebrating my birthday, which is a week before Christmas, yeah, kind of, uh, it kind of erodes this, this stark line that he's talking about of all that leads up to the festival of Christmas. Because I don't actually have to wait. I might be waiting in Advent, but I start my birthday celebration like as early as the beginning of December. Because otherwise, it just kind of like gets lost in the Christmas shuffle. And it doesn't help that we 
use all of the end of the year to celebrate early. You know, like staff luncheons, school parties, tree trimmings, cookie baking, all of that kind of becomes celebrations for us. And I woke up to this fact that I need to wait uh, again in a new way this week when I realized that I was craving vegetables. I made kale, right? I made kale soup this weekend. That's how notable this, this was, this need was. Because I was already, I've already been replacing the veggies with like sweets and treats for days already. Christmas isn't even here yet. So tonight is an opportunity to start your wait again, if you need to, like me, so that our hearts can experience the stark contrast of the dark night, of the clear line that enables us to experience the light as it breaks through with its brilliance. We need to experience our own deliverance again. This repeating story of God's salvation, of God's people, plays out all throughout Scripture, culminating in Jesus. So we've been looking back over this Advent journey into the Old Testament to see, to see it from Miriam and the Hebrew people as they, at the Red Sea, being delivered from the Egyptian army, to John the Baptist, uh, the last of the Old Testament prophets who prepared the way for the coming Messiah, to Mary and Joseph and the, fair, the, the terror that they faced. And tonight I want to read the story of the shepherds and the angels and wait with them for the good news to break in to the details of our lives. Let me pray for us before we go on. God, we are gathered here to wait. Stir in our hearts. Reorder things. Make space in us for you to be born again. We need to see ourselves in this story. Thank you for coming to us so that we can see you in a baby born to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start by reading this story together. Can someone read for us? Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. 
Luke 2, 8 through 20. I read that these shepherds were caring for a special sheep that would be used in the temple for the Passover. And, and where they were in the vicinity of Bethlehem seems to indicate that. And Hope Feldman actually mentioned this to me the other week. That was the first time I'd ever heard that. It was an interesting detail to consider the, the sheep would, that would be used to commemorate God's freeing of his people from slavery in Egypt were part of the story of the coming of the Lamb of God. It's no wonder the angels came to these shepherds. This is all part of it. This is the story of deliverance, again, fulfilled in Jesus. And the shepherds were living it. So I have two main points tonight. One is that God is coming to us, finding us in our normal everyday work. This announcement of the angels to the shepherds comes at night, reminds us like Joel was, that they, shepherds work at night. And night work is hard. We have some folks in my cell group who um, work nights or have family members who work nights. And we were talking about it a little bit this week. It's hard because you're tired. It's hard to get enough sleep. People are living on this opposite schedule um, from you. The shepherds have a hard job in other ways too. There are dangers, as the kids were reminding us. There are dangers on the mountains. It's physically taxing. They have to be paying attention all the time, guiding the sheep, to the pastures for sustenance and water. They don't get holidays off or weekends to rest. Their work is 24-7. And I think that many of us feel that way too, like our work doesn't end either. Break isn't really a break. The weekend is for getting things done that you couldn't get done during the week. You have to pay attention all the time, like be on guard or you'll miss something costly. You might lose your wallet. You might not be able to afford to replace your monthly transpass. The water pipe needs to be replaced because your makeshift workaround caused a bigger problem. This happened to my neighbors this week. You don't have food for lunches this week, so and, and no time to get to the store. Your kid is sick, you aren't sleeping well, laundry is never ending. It's kind of a daily grind. And in the midst of uh, your responsibilities and tasks, a savior is born. In the midst of your morning commute, 
there's good news for all people. I hope that tonight you can let the message of the angels get to you in that place. Let their glorious, joy-filled news break through the darkness to reach you in this moment. Into the humble circumstances of your life, Jesus comes. Nothing about our lives is separate from our relationship with God. Our work, the details of our circumstances, our particular bodies and experiences, all things are known and are part of our story with God. Paul Stevens describes spirituality in a way that sounded a lot a shepherd-like to me. He says, if God has come in the flesh, and if God keeps coming to us in our fleshly existence, then all of life is shot through with meaning. Earth is crammed full of heaven, and heaven will be crammed full of earth. Nothing's wasted, nothing's lost. Nothing secular, nothing absurd. All are grist for the mill of a down-to-earth spirituality. That sounds like a lot what's happening with the shepherds to me. Heaven is literally cramming the earth full of angels, declaring that heaven is breaking through. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Glory to God, and on earth, peace. God is coming to us, finding us in our normal, everyday work, born into the humble circumstances of our humanness right now. And in response to this reality, the shepherds go and have an experience with God. David Benner, in his book, The Gift of Being Yourself, writes that knowing God, knowing God's love, demands that we receive God's love experientially, not simply as a theory. Personal knowing is not simply a matter of the head. The things we know from experience, we know beyond belief. So a genuine knowing of God comes when we show up in vulnerable ways to receive it experientially. This is what moves us beyond our heads to our hearts, beyond belief to a personal knowing in our current situation. So let's follow the shepherds. Let's rise up shepherd and follow. Go experience God right now. In the midst of your life, just in, in the midst of your life that just keeps happening. Go hold the baby. Go to the most vulnerable, undesirable place where there seems to be no room and bow at the manger. Something is really happening here. A king is born whose kingdom is revealed in the dirty details of a busy Bethlehem. And I realize that going brings up our fears. And our fears are usually related to very tangible details of our lived experiences. We're not even the shepherds who were terrified at being visited by heavenly beings. Marcel was talking about this a little bit this week, about 
in the example of why they don't come to a Sunday meeting, for example, there are literal things that we fear internally and externally. For example, the daily grind of work can leave us feeling like we can barely stay on top of our own stuff. And on Sunday afternoons, we start to think, I'm not ready for the rest of the week. I have so much to do. And that fear or that dread can keep us from showing up to what God is doing in this moment, right now. Someone called it the Sunday blues. That angst, you know what I'm talking about? Like that build up, the dread, the, the crunch that you have to do everything that we've put off uh, for this next week. We organize around those kinds of fears all the time. Uh, another example that we gave that had us rolling with laughter is that we hate putting our foot in our mouths. And relating in general creates that kind of possibility every time we do it. Um, so this may seem small, but it's so real. I'm sure you have your own example. You know, like when you are, um, when you get a coworker's name at Secret Santa and you don't know who that person is, it's really awkward. Or you call someone by the wrong name or you forget that you met them before. And all of this kind of thing happens at a Sunday meeting too. We had hilarious stories that we were sharing, but um, it's also a real reason to just not show up. It's kind of a lot of work to navigate awkward situations with people. You might feel conspicuous when you show up. You might feel out of place even at this meeting. The time afterwards when we like have snacks and everything's happening, there's kind of a packing up, cleaning up going on and there's also chatting and kids and that's, that's awkward. That's not easy to navigate. It might look like everyone else knows everyone else and that you're the only one who is not sure who to talk to, but you are not alone. And then when you do go out on a limb and you go talk to somebody, you might not even know what to say. I think this sounds a lot like shepherds. They fit in with the sheep. They probably even smelled like sheep. And they were hardly dressed to be presentable to a new king. We fit in to God's story when we feel like we don't fit in. Showing up anyway is this demonstration of faith and hope. It's evidence that the news has come to you and you are expectant and brave enough to go, to show up and have an experience with God, even if you have no idea what to expect. If the shepherds hadn't taken the risk to go looking for what God was doing, they would have missed the encounter with God in the humble circumstances where God comes to meet us. Sometimes this, this meeting is humble um, because I think it's all of us shepherds showing up, not for a show or a palace, but for Jesus' sake. And being in the presence of God with each other changes us. Uh, here's another reason that I've heard recently, another fear people are working with. It might seem like this congregation is for married people with children. There are a lot of us. 
I can understand that if you don't fit that demographic, you can quickly assess that this isn't the place for you. But we are all working out our shepherdness. We are all working out how God relates to us and the cosmic hope that he brings. We, are all, we all need to be transformed. It's kind of like we're creating the nativity scene at our Sunday meeting every week. We're all gathering around Jesus. Nobody can quite predict what's going to happen. And there's room for everyone at the manger, not just one kind of person. If we can all see ourselves as shepherds responding to what the angel has told us, we'll ha we will find that we have a lot more in common than we think. And we're going, and the going together is exciting. This is not a solo journey. So let's remember who we have around us and consciously move together. In fact, after they had seen the baby, the, the shepherds went and spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. The message they received wasn't just an idea, it was a person. And a person that they had an encounter with. I had, I had an encounter uh, that helped me identify with the shepherds last week. After this meeting, we went out caroling, and there are about 24 of us, I think. And I think leaving what we would normally be going home to do, whatever we would tend to, like our flocks, you know, we set off to find Jesus and helped us find Jesus in surprising ways. And doing it together put us in a posture of expectation and wonder to feel something. If nothing else, the cold makes you feel something, right, Adele? It was cold. <laughs> and our little band of shepherds was meandering around kind of like sheep at times. Um, but everyone was needed. And it was so beautiful to see how that happened. Rebecca had gathered us and called us together, and she brought candy canes. Um, Mark found himself kind of bringing up the rear, making sure we weren't leaving anybody behind because the, the group tends to stretch out as we walk along. The kids were like the excited ones who like wanted to take the, the flyers up to every door and ring the bells. Sarah Getz was singing all of our harmonies. Aaron and Corinne, I mean, they like made us sound like a beautiful choir. We were a beautiful choir. Um, and the people that met us were coming too. Like they left what they were tending to come stand at the door or the window. And then we were face to face as strangers. But it was this joyous thing to be showing up for an experience together around the baby savior. It could have been easy to shrink back almost like we don't belong in the stable together. Uh, but doing it helped us live it and like get out of our heads. It was like a whole body experience to go to the manger. You could feel something happening. And you could see it in other people's bodies as they swayed along and smiled. I could sing the words of these carols, some of these that we sang tonight, differently 
it shifted them from my head to my heart and from my mouth to my feet and my hands as we walked on the streets and knocked on doors. Oh, come, let us adore him. An experience with God happens, often happens in the interactions that draw us out of ourselves, often with the people next to us. There's a Villanova grad student who has been connecting with my cell, and she told me this week what that has been like for her. She said, I keep waiting for people to act like other people do in my life. And this feels so different. She said, this, this is actually happening all over Philadelphia. She said, for my personal journey, it gives me so much hope. It makes me think that I can actually do this. I can be like this. Being with you all, who are people very different from me, is an opportunity to learn how to live and to love well and to listen actively. I have to let go of my agenda, my preconceived ideas. I actually have to learn how to love. Institutions don't teach people how to love like Jesus. She said, being an outsider coming in, I don't know the theology, I don't know what all of this means, but it's an opportunity to love and live, to live and love well like Jesus. And I get that. I would say she gets the theology. That's what we're doing together. Jesus is coming. In the daily grind of your everyday life, in the midst of your responsibilities and your tasks, a savior is born. Keep showing up to have an experience with God. He knows your need. Your weakness is no stranger. Your fear and your exhaustion are real. But into the darkness, the long-awaited savior comes. Wait for him. His deliverance is coming. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.